everyone, and welcome to episode 44 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast, where myself, Barry, and my co-host, uh, Craig, talk about news with video games and movies, and also give opinions on what we played or watched over the week. And with that, we're just going to head straight into the news, because this is one of the busier weeks. We finally got some details on stuff. Yeah. But the first piece of news is actually about gaming and the stock market. So if you've been living under a rock... GameStop's stock has literally exploded the past two days, um, going as as higher than I've ever seen it go before. Yeah. And if anybody's interested as to why this happened, Xbox, uh, sorry, GameStop has been suddenly on the rise ever since the new consoles came out. Of course, they're going to do business. It makes sense to invest in them. But then not only that, but apparently... Uh, Some investors on Reddit were calling out how GameStop is the super short one. You're not going to keep it for a while. So people, like to spite this investor, started investing (laughs) in GameStop, increasing its stock. And then not only that, because yesterday it was nuts. The high was about $140. And then today it just continued to sail up and up. And then uh, Elon Musk went ahead and tweeted about (laughs) uh, GameStop stock. And that caused it to skyrocket again after hours. If if you're someone who like me, who I just I I thought the long term, I guess I just went ahead and put stock in a GameStop uh, when it was like four dollars a share, which yeah, super low. Th- yeah, thinking about it was nuts. And you know, I just knew that I, I figured it was going to go up to forty. 60 bucks and i i'm new to the stock game i don't know much about it but back then i just put in a hundred dollars just to see what happened yep and since then like you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say anything else but yeah a lot of money has been made via the stock here and you know f- i i can really only hope for like personal gain that one people continue to keep the stock they just don't you know buy and sell just because you know i want we both want gamestop to do well i think and i think people who are trying to spite the investor probably also don't mind like gamestop's like yeah gamestop has some really horrible like employee stories and horrible stories in general so does every retail company if you look into it but uh gamestop is one of the few small stores that deal specifically in gamings and it's the place that i constantly go to for my games Mm -hmm. and hopefully this means that good things are on the road for gamestop and that you know the digital market isn't just going to close down you know every single gamestop that we all go to and like yeah true so you made some uh some money that's probably just going to get reinvested into gaming anyway right yeah yeah most likely you know uh, be being a gamer i feel truly blessed right now i feel i i feel in nirvana but that's yeah it's it's really interesting to see everything that's been going on with the stock because never did i think it would go as high as it has and you know if you're listening to this podcast now which you know this will be released on thursday the gamestop stock is over 226 dollars a share <laughs> And that's pretty ridiculous when the GameStop stock during the market closed at about $140. And then since um, Elon Musk tweeted about it, it's now gone up almost over another $100. It's it's nuts for a lot of reasons considering that GameStop was, you know, on the verge of closing. But hopefully this means... People are putting money into the stock and then, I guess, and investing in GameStop, which, you know, good for them. I, I don't want this store to go away. So, yeah, uh, we could go over. Do you want to go over the Resident Evil live stream? Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Resident Evil live stream. Um, so we got a pretty decent look at Resident Evil Village. And then we also got a little bit of look at uh, RE-verse. Um, I think we should start with the RE-verse because I feel like that's a shorter one uh online multiplayer sh- third person shooter i guess is probably the correct way in like cell shaded graphics featuring all the characters from the resident evil franchise and me personally i think it looks awful <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how you felt about it, it but like i it, it doesn't look even like remotely interesting to me at all 
Well, I, I get what they're trying to do because every game right now is trying to do like the online multiplayer battle pass type thing mm-hmm. for constant to gain constant money. And Resident Evil, I don't think, is a game that really works like that. Like, I know they did a online, like, multiplayer type thing when yep. 7 came out. And, you know, a lot of people were, I guess, not really super interested in it. I can't remember that game's name off the top of my head right now. Me neither. I think I played it once. But it was a, it was a game type where it was 4v1. And you were four people trying to escape some house, and then the one person, I guess you could call the the game master, mm-hmm. was spawning in monsters and trying to keep you guys from getting out of the room and solving whatever puzzles or finding whatever pieces there were. Um, it just seems like Reverse is trying to capitalize on popularity of some of the characters now, now that, like, you know, Resident Evil 4 characters are well-known and 2 and 3... Mm-hmm. are probably kind of well-known as well thanks to the the remakes that have happened since uh, in recent memory that they've done. So Reverse doesn't really interest me at all, yeah. but if... I, I, I also don't know who this game is for. <laughs> like, a lot of a lot of people, I, I think they're trying to get into maybe the Dead by Daylight type of fan base. It could be, yeah. Where, you know, that game has succeeded fairly well and had resident evil been the first to do this type of thing i think it would have been a lot more popular but right um dead by daylight is just is such a it's more it's more than just like a 4v1 game there's so many you know people with abilities and villains with abilities and well-known villains like freddy krueger and other type of villains dead by daylight but it's uh it's interesting i don't expect this game to succeed though (laughs) I will say that I appreciate the fact that they did come out and say that if you bought Resident Evil 8, Resident Evil Village, that you would have access to this. Um, They didn't really mention if it would be a free to play game or if it would be, you know, maybe like 10 or 20 dollars. The cell shaded graphics to me just screams that they want to be able to put it on the switch as well. Like that's the only reason I can think of for them to do that. Uh, Unless it's just, you know, maybe they didn't put as much time and money into this uh but i appreciate the fact that it's not tied in to the next game and it's its separate own separate thing so if it works cool if it doesn't it's really not like they were taking time away from creating a good single player experience it seems like it's two different teams yeah so if it if it doesn't work i i don't think anybody's going to be that upset um it just seems like they're trying to see if they can figure it out a way to go to a multiplayer thing while they still have the marquee single player experiences on the other side there. Um, Resident Evil Village, Resident Evil 8, we got a bunch of looks at that. Still, we're going back to first person like we did in Resident Evil 7. Yeah, 7. Um, I hate how they name them. It's crazy. (laughs) But uh, uh, we're getting the same main character from 7 in 8, but we're also getting a little bit of Chris Redfield, it seems like, as well. Uh, and then we got the return of the merchant. Only he's not the same merchant. Um, he's the you... duke. Yeah, the duke. <laughs> he seems like an interesting character. We got a good look at the uh, vampires that everybody's super excited about. Uh, <laughs> not, yeah, yeah, that is a... vampire. <laughs> yeah, that, that is an understatement, I guess. <laughs> um, it just made me more excited for this game. I was already excited. I think I've said that a million times already. But you know, I love Resident Evil Seven, and this looks like. M- more of the same but better um you know the the graphical overhaul looks really cool um so i'm super pumped and you seem like you're actually going to play it which is interesting yeah uh i'm i'm not super into scary games but every uh i guess one of the reasons is the vampires i hate to admit it but damn why why are they hot i don't get it (laughs) but with with Resident Evil, and I, I, I looked at the stream, and I watched it. I've watched the stream actually probably three times, I think, to kind of mm-hmm. further invest myself into into this game. And right. the everything just looks really good about it. The atmosphere, all like the graphics, and like the scary moments. I'm, I'm, I really want to be able to push myself through. Yeah. So I'm hoping that. I'm a, I'm able to get over the fact that you know I'm I'm probably gonna get jump scared or something like that, <laughs> but 
yeah there was there was like multiple moments in seven where like you knew you had to go somewhere and you really didn't want to and it was there was a little bit of like me trying to overcome the fact that like i could just not play this game anymore i could just put it down at this point (laughs) but i'm glad i pushed through it because it was such a good experience yeah, and we should mention too that the stream did give us a release date for May seventh, twenty twenty one. So it's it's a game we're getting this year, and actually, and it's not that far away. I expected actually a holiday release. Yeah, but I'm glad it's coming out middle middle of twenty twenty one. You know, maybe we're outside by then. Maybe the world's <laughs> a bit safer. You know, we can look out our windows, and the whole world isn't you know on fire sick. So. <laughs> We, we see what happens, but I like what they did with the stream. You know, they showed what people wanted to see, which was kind of the atmosphere that they're building with this. Uh, you know, the, the merchant, which apparently everybody loves, the yeah. hot vampires, and the and and just the overall storytelling, because it looks like there's a there's more than just these witches yeah. uh, to this game. There's going to be a lot more that I think, you know, we saw than... Uh, I do like puzzles, so I'm interested to see how uh, Resident Evil puzzles kind of work or go because it's something that's going to be completely new to me. But I I want to play this game. I, P- I puzzles are puzzles are good, but there's there's a different feeling to doing a puzzle when you're either being chased or you know that they're hanging around. Like it's just yeah. a different kind of stress when you're trying to, um, like in the other one, in the last one, there was puzzles that you would put an object in front of a light and you would have to turn the object to make it resemble whatever you were supposed to resemble. And like that was stressful enough. But then when you could hear the, like the person walking around you, it was just the most stressful thing in the world. And I'm sure they'll go (laughs) back to that. Uh, I was a little bummed to be honest that like the first thing they said when they started it was that it is coming to PS4 and Xbox one. Um, I guess I was kind of hoping that this was going to be a clear cut, next gen title but i guess it's too early for that yeah for sure i'm you know and i think i think we're probably going to see this all year unfortunately where we're going to see a lot of games that are for kind of all the consoles but you know i i think resident evil is trying to cover its own tracks i'm hoping that more people can have these consoles by may yeah but nobody really knows and if they only release it for next gen, their numbers will eventually do good when people buy or are able to get the ne- their hands on the next gen console. But they're probably also just trying to go, hey, this is going to be for everybody. Everybody can have it. Everybody can play it. I am really interested to see actually this year, like something like Resident Evil Village or Resident Evil 8, whatever you want to call it. Like how 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 is that going to run on a base PS4? Right. Like that... Uh, there are horror stories already of like ps4s you know not being able to keep up with frame rates sounding like jet engines are going off of when they're playing games i can't imagine like they can take a lot of what's going on here if you're gonna come out and confidently say that it's coming out for ps4 and xbox one like they did you better be sure that your game is not going to launch like cyberpunk did yeah i would think that is I would think that at this point, nobody's going to do that. Um, But maybe once it gets a little bit closer, we'll get like the definitive. Here's what it's going to look like on last gen. Here's what's to expect if you have a base Xbox one or a base PS4. I would hope that they at least put that expectation on there that like it's not going to look like what we just showed you on a, you know, six year old console. Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We have to see like I. The moment the Pro came out, I got a Pro for PS4, mm-hmm. so the I haven't had the issues that a lot of people have been having, but, you know, it's a lot of these people, I think, that are also saying that their, like, P, base PS4s aren't handling games anymore. I also think that, one, it, you have to remember, it is a six-year-old console, yep. and two, the fact that probably all the dust building up in there right now probably isn't helping it at all. <laughs> like, I... Yeah. I make sure to clean all of my consoles when I'm cleaning out that, like my entertainment center. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that just prolongs the life of making sure, you know, dust doesn't clog up the fan or, you know, heat up the internals in any way. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but this, this game, as long as it plays well and looks fantastic on my PS five, 
I expect that it's going to be somewhere in my top 10. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping for top five for me, but I will withhold judgment until I finish it. Yeah. I'm interested to see also like there, there there's a big drive, what it seems to be like for that, for you to play it on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested to see what they're going to do with like the audio stuff. Right. I have the pulse, which apparently does all the 3d wireless, you know, wireless audio stuff. So I really want to see what, what that is capable of. And Resident Evil 7 sound design was already like superb and insane. Yeah. And so was Resident Evil 3's in a way. I can't imagine what they're going to do with a first <laughs> part with a first person one like they did with 7. It's it's going to be insane and it's probably going to, you know, scar me for life. I probably won't <laughs> sleep for days. <laughs> as long as you don't get to the point where you put it down and never pick it up again, you'll be okay. I don't want to. Maybe I just have to have like a friend hold my hand or something while I'm going through it. (laughs) I think worst comes to worst. What you could always do is, you know, watch like a playthrough and then watch them do a section and then do it yourself. So at least you know what's coming. Like you could. Yeah. And yeah. And this game is probably going to be one of the most like played like a playthrough type game that you can do. So there will be no shortage of content. Right. When it comes to that. But (laughs) I. I can truly say that this is probably the first game that I have like a lot of hype for that I'm yep. super excited for this year because we really we really don't know what's coming out this year yet, you know, we talked about what all could come out this year, but this is the first game I'm going like, yeah, I'm I'm ready, I'm excited for 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 it this year. So yeah, Resident Evil is going to be interesting and we're going to talk about the Maiden demo in a little yeah. bit later. Cool. What else you got? So I have a couple things. I'll mention that I seem to be the Animal Crossing person on this, uh, you, you know, on the on the podcast. And yeah. their next event is coming out when this podcast comes out, January twenty eighth. They're doing Carnival, and that is the kind of Brazilian festival that they're at. Uh, that they're doing the event for, and it's where, you know. Um, I guess it's a the animal like a peacock is trying. You have to go collect its feathers and trade in items for it. But uh, it's just nice to see Carnival, you know, a popular Brazilian holo- uh, festival get uh, get recognition. I'm Spanish myself, but I don't celebrate Carnival. But stuff like this is cool to see, yeah. and I'm it it has piqued my interest to I am preparing. And my, my, my island again. I am <laughs> I, I am playing Animal Crossing again. Uh-oh. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, we've had a couple other, I guess, games get some tentative dates, but something that caught my eye, you know, I talked about how I had that original bet with my friends about the Super Mario games, and then we moved it over to the uh, Lego Star Wars game that's coming out this year. Yeah. Uh, and then they did announce this week that it will have over 300 characters and 23 planets. So looks like I'm going to be playing that for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's 100%. one of the games. Yeah, that's probably one of the games I'm just going to end up getting just yeah. because it, it, they're I, I like Star Wars and the Lego games have always been, you know, kind of a niche fun market, but I yeah. I want to try them at least. I want to give them their fair shots. So. I'm not the one to usually 100% these games. That would be my wife. She like 100% and does everything in every Lego game, but this is the one that I have to, you know, I, I have a bet going, so I have to fully immerse myself <laughs> every time they release something like I'm excited, but I'm also like, can you make it smaller, please? So it's <laughs> not going to take me forever, please. <laughs> but we'll see. I'm excited. I think it'll be a good time. Yeah. So Cyberpunk 2077 gets a 1.1 update <laughs> and the new game breaking glitch. I actually had to go through today. Uh-oh, uh, we did have to do it. <laughs> Yes, I we were talking about it not on the podcast, but we were talking about, you know, the, the game breaking glitch and, and I got to it and luckily Cyberpunk did do a workaround, but I did experience this glitch. Mm-hmm. And overall, like Cyberpunk one point one update, it, it's playable and I, I'm gonna get through it and expect an episode on just Cyberpunk later this week. Mm-hmm. I, I will finish the game. It it, you know, it, it doesn't change a lot visually, but it makes the game, I think, stable enough for me that I want to I'm, I'm trying to play it again. So yeah. Cyberpunk, you're, you're going to get somebody to finish it. You're going to get somebody <laughs> else to finish your game and I'm going to do it. It's a good feeling once you see credits on that game. 
Um, the last piece of news I have is one that we talked about this morning, and you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt because it's not confirmed. But the uh, the rumor that we might be getting another version of Let's Go, um, Let's Go Pichu, which would be the next generation of Pokemon. And then the big, uh, I guess, rumor going with it is that there would be a bundle that will bundle in either red or blue Pokemon as well with that game, which if this does turn out to be true, as you know, red and blue are like, obviously the first ones that I played, I would be super excited to to get back into those, even if they're not remastered, even if they're just like the originals, like Game Boy graphics, I would 100% be willing to play through those again. Yeah, I'm interested to see what happens. Like one, when you came to me, like I'm so, I'm so excited. I really want a second gen Let's Go game. Yeah. Second gen's my favorite. And I think when you compare kind of the Let's Go games compared to like Sword and Shield that came out for Switch, I think you could argue Let's Go is a better looking Pokemon game mm-hmm. uh, in a lot of cases. And second gen is such a dear, very dear, you know, game game to me that I just hope that we eventually get it this year. I know a lot of people want Gen 4 remakes, yep. but I'm more interested in another Let's Go game. And if it's second gen, you you had me at hello. I am so <laughs> ready for it. With the with the bundling of blue and red, I guess I guess really my only kind of question that I'm having about it is, you know, it's a good opportunity for people to play the original that haven't. I still have right. my 3DS that has all of the original games on it. So it's not something that I've been clamoring to play, but I'm interested to see whether or not they change the aspect ratio because the screen on the Switch is very wide. Yeah. And compared to how Red and Blue played on like that little 4x4 square Game Boy, if they don't make that like a widescreen view, I don't uh, I uh, I'm yeah, pro- I probably <laughs> wouldn't yeah, I probably wouldn't play it at all. Like you would I'm looking at my Switch right now, and if you would probably be only using like seventy percent of the screen, yeah. If they don't, if they don't adjust it for the for like an ultra wide screen, and I hope they do. You know the, I know everybody complains about oh my god the first gen has been remade so many times, yeah. And you know Fire Red and Leaf Green were some of the you know were the most notable remakes that I remember playing, and. Getting to play the originals are good, but I think that's if if we're looking at it like the big picture, Nintendo's just probably looking to grab more money. But if it's bundled with Let's Go Pichu, then I don't see a problem with it. If they were to right. like charge separately, they better not charge more than five bucks. For <laughs> yeah, it, I, I guess. five or ten maybe. Yeah, yeah. I guess we wait and see if that actually happens. But you know, I I can't imagine that they would remaster it. But who knows? Maybe they do do some sort of like minor remaster just to make it in, you know, in color and good to go. But we'll see. Yeah, we will. And my final news story for the week is the Xbox fiasco with Xbox Live. (laughs) So earlier last week, uh, Xbox to raise the price of uh, game. uh, No, it's uh, yeah, Xbox Live. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And people were furious because they they, one didn't really tell us why and two it's been the same price forever so i really like it it felt like to people who don't get game pass and i understand people who don't want to get game pass i don't hold anything against them or anything like that right but it to them it felt like they were going to be forced to get game pass with the recent spike and because so many people were frustrated with it xbox went ahead and just said hey we're sorry we're not raising the price it's going to stay the same which is probably the best move for them uh if if i were if i were any of those people who you know now suddenly had to pay more for a year worth of xbox mm-hmm. uh live I, I'd be furious too, because a lot of the, for two reasons, one, the online experience, I don't think has really changed that drastically. Like Xbox has been doing it the best for a long time and, uh, 60 bucks for a year is the price of what used to be the price yeah. of just a game, a, a video game. Yeah. One game. Can, 
Yeah. And people are okay with that to be able to play with their friends for a year. Uh, I think really any time that you're going to raise the price on this type of service, people are going to get upset. And I get that they're doing a better job of giving you guys free games and giving better free games out. Like I know, I think for the month of February, it's going to be Gears 5. Yeah. That people get for free, which is a good game. If you haven't played it, definitely do so. Craig and I loved yeah. uh, uh, Gears 5, but you know, I think I think Xbox needed to have a better, I guess, <laughs> I needed to figure out what the pulse of you know the community right. was, and they just went, oh, let's raise the price and just see what happens, and then people were just very angry about it. I was yeah. angry about it, yeah, because you know not everybody needs Game Pass, not. Right that's not for everybody but for for a lot of people it is so yeah. it's you kind of have that clash of people who of were of you have the clash of people who are very angry about the price hike and even people with game pass were saying that you know why why are you doing that so right so i guess like my take on it the way they did it was 100% not the way to do it just to say that, you know, we're raising the price. Now, if you like if you were I used to be the person who would go into the store every three months and I would buy the three month card, which was twenty four ninety nine, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, or, you know, a lot of people would go and get the year for fifty nine ninety nine. But if you were the person who went in and bought a month, it was nine ninety nine. Right. So it was if you did that, that was one hundred and twenty dollars, which is what they were raising the price to. So basically you were getting half a year for free if you just bought the year up front for $60. But what I think they could have done and it wouldn't have caused as much of an uproar. And we talked a a little bit about this before the consoles came out. Game Pass Ultimate is $14.99 a month and it comes with gold, right? Mm -hmm. So you get your gold, you get all the Game Pass games on PC and console and it's, you know, uh, $14.90, $15 a month. So I think the right way for them to do it, instead of saying that they were, you know, making it a flat $10, so $120 for a year, is just to come out and say, hey, Xbox Live Gold by itself, you know, as of whatever date will no longer exist, right? So your only option now is to is just the Game Pass Ultimate. Maybe they rebrand it, you know? Yeah. But like if they would have done that and been like, look, it's going it is going to be more. It's going to be fifteen dollars a month instead of sixty dollars for the year, which is a you know a pretty substantial hike. But you're also getting Game Pass included. You still would have had the anger, but I don't think it would have been as bad as this was. So I think that's what they should have done, and I think that's what they're trying to get to is just kind of get rid of people just buying gold and just have everybody get Game Pass Ultimate. Um, because, like we always say, how good of a deal it is. And I truly agree that it's a huge deal. It saved me a ton of money on games, but not everybody wants to pay $15 a month for them. $60 a year, maybe a lot to begin with. So I just think they, they could have worded it better. And I think they should have just went, you know, Hey, we're just completely getting rid of Xbox live gold in maybe in a couple months. And then it'll, once your gold runs out, then your option will be just to get Game Pass Ultimate, and then it probably would have been accepted a little bit better, maybe. <laughs> like I feel like it would have been softer, a softer blow. Yeah, I, I, people would have still been furious. No they would have. What. Yeah, it's, it, it's just a matter for like I get the people who want to just get the live, and I don't think it's something that like should ever go away just because the people who are just getting live are the people who are buying not as many games as the people with xbox uh game pass because you know it doesn't financially make sense for them the people that are buying live are getting the call of duty and live to play with their friends they're getting the multiplayer game and insert you know to play with friends that kind of thing so it's it's just a matter of you know they i would i'm okay with xbox like if they were to go okay we're going to just allow you guys to buy Xbox Live for $60 a year, and then that's it. There's no more denominations that people yeah. want yeah. or do. Like That would make sense to me because maybe they're trying to kind of split the division of people buying monthly, weekly, three months, six months. Like I get it. There's a lot of denominations that come with this type of thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, 
Xbox just needs to do a better job, and if they're going to raise the price of Live, maybe there should be some sort of constituent in order to in order to justify them raising the price. Yeah, and I think the one good thing that did come out of all of this is that they also changed their stance on free-to-play games, as in you don't need a gold subscription to play free-to-play games. So Fortnite, Warzone, Rocket League, um, any Battle Royale pretty much, you don't need gold anymore to play, yeah. which I always thought was dumb that they required that. Because I think on PlayStation it's already that way, isn't it? It is, yes. Yeah, so like that is one good thing that came out of you know everybody being up in arms made Microsoft look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, maybe this was like their in their mind a goodwill gesture, but it's something that should have been done anyway. So I'm glad we got that. So if you only play Warzone, like I know there's a lot of people that's pretty much the only game they play. Guess what? You don't even have to spend that sixty dollars anymore. You can just download Warzone, and if that's all you want to play, it doesn't cost you anything. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but I think that's going to be it for news this week. We talked a lot about news, damn. Mm-hmm. So we'll get into the games we played this week. And for me, and I know what we'll talk about what we both played first. Sure. Uh, yeah. We we both played Hitman 3. Yep. A decent amount. And I finished the game this weekend. I'm not sure how far you got. I did not finish it yet. And Hitman 3 is an overall enjoyable experience. I liked the game. I There are a bit like quarrels I guess I have with it. One this hitman is not a like first off it's not a next generation game let me make that very clear it looks the same whether you're playing it on current or next gen no matter what you're looking at like the there are tons of side-by-side comparisons about how this game looks on either system and it's it's pretty much the same no matter what you look at now you know that's that's graphics wise the the thing that hitman 3 i think does the best is its maps for this and the campaign is pretty short you can finish it in four or five hours i appreciate that Mm -hmm. the the main kind of fun that you're going to get from hitman 3 is replaying the levels and assassinating your targets in completely different ways and kind of in a lot of ways finding your own way in uh, uh, to assassinate them when you first not even when you first, but when you go through each level, there are kind of storyline um, ways that you can go through each map and, you know, kind of follow a prompt and it'll tell you what to do step by step and you'll eventually assess or have an opportunity to assassinate your target. And I really liked that because for me, I did not play Hitman 1 or 2, but this this allowed me to kind of learn how to play the game in in a way that also progressed the campaign and not in a frustrating way either so uh hitman 3 i generally enjoy and for a lot of people like hitman if you're trying to jump into the hitman trilogy i do think hitman 3 is one of the best that you can get into but if you're already a hitman fan you're going to get uh you are going to get three no matter what now if you're a new person like myself, who was just looking to getting into Hitman or kind of on the fence about getting Hitman. If you're on the fence at all, I would say that you're, you probably want to pass on this. It doesn't, it's not the super graphical achievement of a game. And if, if going through a map multiple times to assassinate the same two people, like doesn't interest you, it's not, like if replaying the same map in order to do the the same objective every time doesn't interest you, then this game probably isn't for you anyway. It has a very hardcore fan base that just enjoy this, this game. I've played all of them. Um, The same thing happens with every single one. I get like, just like a overwhelmed by like you go into the pause menu and it has all these objectives for each level, like kill them this way, this way, this way. And there's like 10 different ways, pick up this, do this. And like, it's so much that like, if you can go through and just do the the main one where it tells you where to go and all that, and you can get the story. Um, but I feel like if you do that, it it almost seems like you didn't get, not even half of what they want you to get out of the game. 
Yeah. And yeah. It, it just, I get to the point where I'll do like the first level and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm having a real good time. I'm going to do all of these. I'm going to get all of them and I'll do that for the first level. And then I get to the second one and there's like 30 more things to do. And it's just so overwhelming. It's the same thing with like side quests, but I just, I lose all interest in wanting to play this level 15 times to get the 30 different things. And, you know, for the people who like this game, that's what they love. They love being able to play through. And like, it's a game it that like, every time you replay the level, you're getting better and better as you, you know, remember where everything is and you're getting quicker and quicker, like taking people out and changing disguises. And it, it's a good feeling, but it's just too much all at once for me. And I always, even though these games have always been super short, I always burn out before I beat them just because of that. Like I want to finish this game. So what I'll probably end up doing is just doing the main one on each one. But like, like I said, you just don't feel like you're getting your money's worth if you do that. So it's not my favorite genre. I still prefer like the older ones, like blood money, I think was one of my favorite ones where there were actual like levels and it was more stealth and, that kind of thing, but it's still a good game. I think it looks almost identical to Hitman too. Like I don't really see any graphical improvements at all. Um, but if you like the other ones, for sure, you're going to like these ones. It gives you the ability if you own the other ones to import all those levels into three. So you can just have all those levels in one package, which I think is cool. Yeah, um, I agree. So yeah, if you're into Hitman, this is going to be more of the same and you're going to like it. But if you're not, I just I can't recommend it really at all. Yeah, and if if you're looking to kind of see what we're talking about with the community, look on YouTube like speed runs of like certain levels. I know mm-hmm. today I saw no, it was yesterday that somebody was able to finish the first map in ten seconds. <laughs> yeah, I saw um, that <laughs> just because they knew where the two targets they were looking for was. He had a gun ready. He got up the stairs, shot them, and then left the you know left without ever being caught and that kind of stuff is insane mm-hmm. considering that some of the plot lines that the game has kind of walks you through like is over 30 minutes long yeah to get set up but the the amount of creativity in these games is always what like keeps me interested because it's not just dressing up as a guard and betraying them you can become a chef and poison their food and <laughs> kill them yep you can be a sniper and take them out long distance. Like there are so many ways to do it and you can have like your own fun. Like it's, it's ridiculous how throwing a muffin at the back of somebody's head (laughs) knocks them out. Like it's, or a banana. (laughs) Yeah. It's just funny to, to even do. And they create these maps in a way where you can interact with the map. You can, you know, uh, shoot, uh shoot a a chandelier or an object and it'll fall on the people and something or it'll fall on the person you're trying to assassinate and that's just cool that you can interact with the with the environment like that i just wanted to mention the one level which is the second one it's the old manor the (laughs) the what i said the movie knives out in hitman yeah, like it's literally it's 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 literally that and you're playing Daniel Craig's character. Yeah. You, if you follow one of the story missions, you literally dress up as the detective and you have to figure out who killed uh one of the family members. And I just thought that was so much fun. Yeah. Like it was it I got invested in trying to figure out who did what and why and in typical fashion of Hitman there are tons of different ways to to like assassinate the your target but it, it was just fun cuz you know your some rooms are locked so you have to go around and break you know break into the room somehow to figure out this mystery it was it was a lot of fun and was the most engaged i was and then other than that the i think the one of the final maps like it's kind of it's this huge like party mansion but there's like a winery down at the bottom and it was like, the game is very pretty. I just wish they took advantage of the, of like next gen graphics with ray tracing and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. because it has potential to be like one of the prettiest games that you can play. Yeah. Yeah. I don't don't want people to think, I I think it's a terrible game. It's definitely not like it has some of the coolest uh, like NPC conversations that you can listen in on. I think some of those are absolutely hilarious. 
um, like picking up an object and I was in the, went into a kitchen and picked up, I don't remember what it was, but the chef was standing there cooking and he saw me pick it up and he said, you better not throw that at me as I threw it and hit him and knocked him out. I just thought it was like that kind of stuff to me is funny. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we will talk about Hitman three. Why don't you go and talk about your, your next All right. one? So the other one that I played is I played and beat Sackboy's big adventure. Um, didn't think I would actually stay with this game enough to play through it the whole way, but I did. Um, I really enjoyed this game. I, I feel like I'm having a new sense of love for platformers again, which is weird. I think Crash Bandicoot kind of helps with that. But uh, it's very, very well done. Um, obviously, the developers know how to use the engine from Little Big Planet to make really cool levels. There's, I think, four or five like music levels that are timed to different songs. I think one, one of them was Toxic by Britney Spears. There's some other ones in there, but... I think those are like the highlights of this game. But overall, like playing with people, there are specific levels that you have to play multiplayer with. And then the rest of them, you can play single player if you want. And you're unlocking costumes and all that. And I thought the story was, you know, entertaining and funny. Um, but overall, like I was surprised with how good this game is. I was bummed once I beat it because, you know, in my head, I was like, yeah, this is definitely the first one of the year going on my top 10 for 2021, but it, it didn't come out in 2021. So I can't. So I wish I would have played it last year because it probably would have snuck its way into the top 10. I had like a ton, a ton of fun with it. So it is on PS5 and PS4. Um, I was playing it on my base PS4 and it ran absolutely fine. So definitely 100% check this game out. It's good with friends, party or by yourself. Cool. Yeah. Uh, for me, the next one is going to be the Resident Evil Village uh, Maiden demo, or I should say tech demo. Walking so, simulator. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they they mentioned at the stream that there is no combat, there's no blocking. It's literally just a technical demo, so you can see what the what the game is going to be like. And what I can say is, one, they nailed the atmosphere. Like I, I knew it was just a walking simulator, but I was ready for something to scare me. It really it didn't scare me in any way, and I don't think it was trying to because it definitely could have. Right. But the it's it's always really interesting on how and even with the sound design, the when you start out in that dark dungeon, like there you only have your little light. It's some of like the most claustrophobic moments that you can feel, where you know you're trying to escape the the dungeon area which is super dark you can't see very far in front of you and it's it's really tense you know i was sitting up on the edge of my seat tensing up because <laughs> i didn't know what was going to happen to me and you know there are sections of the demo where you're doing something and then you go back to the same area and something different has happened so someone's been there or something's happened to that area and once you get into the manor uh, like the upper levels where there's natural light and everything the i wasn't like overall like floored by how the game looked in any way but it, it it looked pretty like that's that's what i'll say about it and overall like they nailed the aesthetic they're going for there really isn't much i can say about the demo because there isn't much to say i didn't shoot anything i didn't block anything i literally did what it told me to do ran away from one of the witches i then opened a door and then big woman <laughs> opens the door and you know and 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 kills you so it the demo just ends right there mm -hmm. and the like i said they nail everything they're going for um i even let the witch kill me the first time because i was like yes please kill me just like <laughs> I, I i need to see what happens here right uh with it and it's it's just interesting to play through there's a little puzzle that's pretty easy to solve once you kind of realize how resident evil works where you pick up an item and then there's a lot of the times there's more to that item than just picking it up and looking at it so it it's a fun technical demo i do wish there was more to it but there i think they did say that they're going to be releasing another demo yeah, sometime in the uh, uh, next month or two, I think. Yeah, they said sometime in spring, which is kind of confusing considering that May 7th is when the game's coming out. <laughs> right, maybe they're thinking so, March. Yeah, like, I guess. But yeah, I'm interested to... I want to... 
I want to be more into it. I want to see what happens. And I think this game's going to be highly sought after. Like it's just going to be a it's it's going to be a good game. I'm so excited for it despite, you know, me trying to jump into this horror franchise and I <laughs> I think if I can handle Dead Space, I can handle this. But maybe you just need to play Resident Evil 7. I I should. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in a lot of ways when it's third person and the camera is backed up mm-hmm. to when it's first person and you're the POV yep. of the person playing. It's a lot more and personal. Yeah, <laughs> it, it definitely is. Cause resident evil three only got me a couple times, I think, but it was nothing too crazy. But I know like with resident evil seven, it wasn't just, you know, it, it wasn't just jump scares. It was creepy stuff too, or, you right. know, you know the game's trying to scare you, so you just have to go plow through it. So yep. it, the the technical demo is something to be marvel at, but it's only available on PS5 right now, and all I can do is laugh at you Xbox players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll wait and see what the, the demo, which I'm assuming is probably... Well, if they go with their track record like they did with 7, it will involve the game, but won't actually be from the game. So I'm looking forward to the demo. Yeah, same I, I can't play the technical demo because I don't have a PS5 either. So it's just you. You get to enjoy it. I don't. Yeah, you know, I'm one of the few high class elites <laughs> that have that yep. have the PS5, but it's it's been worth it. Like something I did want to mention too that you know of right now with how both consoles are going, you know, I do see videos of people kind of pronouncing, okay, you know, I've had both consoles for this long. Here's my opinions. And I don't think a lot of people have both consoles, so I'm lucky to be in the position I am. Mm-hmm. But I will say right now, like in total playtime of both consoles, it's hands down the Xbox. Uh, Interesting. Uh, like for for the PlayStation, and I love the PlayStation, don't get me wrong. But, you know, the the storage issue is huge for me. It is absolutely stopping me from getting Hitman 3 on uh, on PS5 or other games on PS5 because I am so I've already filled I've already filled up the hard drive with games whether it's PS5 or PS4, and we're we're getting upgrades for games like Ghost Tsushima and Days Gone in order to you know maybe go back and play those games or finish them if you haven't already, and you know the fact that I can't download anything else on the PS on my PS5 kind of stinks. Yeah, it's only been out for, you know, we're looking at what, two, three months now. And the fact that I can't put anything on it sucks. So and the fact that Xbox had a one terabyte hard drive that I can just stick to the back of it and everything's all good. Like Sony really dropped the ball. And if they listen to this podcast, they know (laughs) how like I've been preaching this the entire time. You know, storage, and I guess, you know, I guess this is kind of my monthly rant about storage. I haven't complained about it in a while, so (laughs) it's, it's, I won't, I won't spend too much time on it is what I won't do. But like, Sony needs to release an update soon to allow you to use that M.2 expansion and tell us what customers need to buy. Because the moment I can start doing, I, I can put an expansion card, I don't have to worry about memory as much. And that's really what's keeping me from playing the PS5 more. Like I, my stack of Xbox game is exponentially higher right now compared to my PS5. Cause I'm getting all the sports games. I'm getting all the multi-platform games for Xbox and not PS5. Yeah. And that's because I have the space for it. And right now Sony doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe that they still haven't figured something out, but I guess they're more worried about getting the actual consoles into people's hands before they start worrying about the other stuff. Yeah, but leave it to a third party then. The Xbox things is by Seagate. Seagate can make an M.2 and everybody would buy it. Yeah, 100%. Xbox let a third party worry about it, and it works and it's fine. So it's... Yeah, come on, Sony. Yeah, it's just (laughs) annoying that Sony didn't foresee this. Like... It, it it doesn't speak well to them that I have both consoles and I'm playing my Xbox far more. Yeah. You know, and, you know, I, I'll admit for Resident Evil, because it is a single player game and because it looks like they want you to play it, I pre-ordered it for PS5. Yeah. 
because I want the audio experience that Sony claims it has. I haven't really seen much of this incredible audio experience. Like the, the Sony headset doesn't blow me away or anything like that at the moment, but we'll see as we get further into it. Yeah, true. That's all I played though. All right. So that's all we both played. Uh, next week we will have tomorrow is uh, the medium, right? Yeah. So we two, are going two days, to have, I think. yeah. Okay. We're going to have the medium to talk about next week. Yep. And I bought Altier, uh, Altier Riza two, which is just some anime game. That's right up my alley. <laughs> and it had a PS five upgrade. So I'm happy about that. I didn't nice. realize that it had a PS five up, upgrade. So I'm, I went ahead and I just stuck it in my PS five. Cause I thought I was going to be playing it on my PS four that I have in my room here, but it's got a PS five upgrade. So I'm going to take advantage of it. Why not? Yeah, you should. So look, look forward to that. We're going to go ahead and get into movies and TV shows yeah. from this week. And before we get into WandaVision Episode 3, mm-hmm. I just have some small news. You know, we have Godzilla and King Kong, Godzilla yep. versus King Kong, getting delayed to March 31st. It's a very slight delay. Yep. It's not, it's not crazy, but, you know, they released a trailer for it last week, and it looks good. You know, I yep. really liked the Godzilla movie. And I'm interested to see. Um, I just, I'm, I'm just super excited to see these two beasts fight it out. And yeah, I, I just started watch rewatching uh, the last Godzilla movie last night. Actually, I was like, I should probably re-familiarize myself with that. <laughs> but the trailer for the new one looks cool. Yeah, I just think that this uh, again, like, I'm, we're both such movie lover and movie, yeah. like, movie theater people, that I think this is going to super suffer from not having from people not having surround sound systems because the sound that these monsters make and how they shake a movie theater really adds to the scale that a movie can provide. And you're not going to get that when you're, you can, you can by going to the movie theater, but a lot of these people are going to take advantage of HBO max and watch it, watch it at their own homes. So, yep, that's what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm, I'm interested to read the differences between what people think about the movie in theaters and then the movie um, at their own homes. So, it, yeah. But True. yeah, uh, do you have do you have any other uh, news, yeah. or should I go over my? Oh last no, one? I don't have any news. I just I watched Wandavision, then I watched one movie. So, I, I, if you want to do Wandavision, we can our weekly Wandavision recap. Yeah, we can do our WandaVision recap. I have one more news story, but we'll say okay. I'll say it afterward. Okay. But so we're at WandaVision episode three now. Yeah. Uh, the the world's in color. Right? Yeah. Yep. The world's in color, which I like. It's mm-hmm. definitely uh, nice to see it. And this episode is kind of I like how they're building up the mystery of what's going on with this world because the whole point and I'm actually surprised with how fast this episode like felt and went. Yeah. But the whole point of this episode is that Wanda is having children and she's going at a very exponentially fast pace. And the doctor, the doctor comes in, tells her, you know, not going to be due for another, you know, six months. And then it's due, you know, the baby's going to be due in two, <laughs> like 10 20 minutes, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 10, 20 minutes. Yeah. But you have these slight things where. And I'm pretty sure I'm not the only person that noticed it. And I'm not sure if they're doing it on purpose either, but vision goes outside and sees his neighbor mm-hmm. hedging into the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, Hey, why are you doing that? And he's acting weird about why he's hedging into the wall. Yep. And one thing I noticed, and I'm not sure if they're doing this on purpose or not, but instead of like showing the rest of the neighborhood, it's almost as if like behind them on either side of Wanda's house, it's just kind of like a very cheap looking forest background. Like it doesn't in a lot of these high production like shows, you could see the neighborhood behind him or something like that. You could in the previous episodes too. Yeah. But in Mm -hmm. this one, I wasn't sure if they did that on purpose to like make something seem off because something was off. I think, I think it's starting her, obviously like the whole thing is she's making this whole world right around her. And I think it's starting to close in. She's starting, obviously starting to lose control. Like that's evident, but like everybody's starting to close in around her. So like I literally, the only thing she has left at this point is her house. Yeah. And like everything else around her is just 
I don't know if she's maybe not worrying about it as much. She's not projecting a full town anymore. Uh, maybe that's part of it, but you can definitely tell that it's closing in. So we continue to go through the episode with, you know, the, the vision has to go run to get the doctor. And then the woman's name is her name, like Grinhilda or Grit. Oh man, I'm going to be upset that I can't remember what her name is. It's something with a G. I'll look it up. Well, but she she originally comes in to try to grab a bucket, but um, Wanda's having problems with, you know, the, the baby's coming now, and she's trying to make it seem like um, she's not pregnant. But eventually, she can't control it anymore, and the baby's coming. So the baby, she gives birth to two twins. And Monica. 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 Is that right? Which one are you thinking of? It is the... You're talking about it, the lady who came in, right? Yeah, the lady who came into yeah, the house. Yeah, that should be Monica. Why did I think it was... What? Yeah, why did I think her name started with a G? <laughs> maybe. Maybe I'm looking at the wrong person. Let me see. Cont- here, if you want to explain the explain the rest of the, uh, the episode, <laughs> and I'll look it up. Yeah, just uh, Wanda's going into labor, basically, and then her neighbor comes in looking for some stuff, and she's trying to hide the fact that she's pregnant because nobody knows that she's pregnant. And how can you go from looking not pregnant in the last episode to giving birth? So obviously they would know that something's wrong, but it's a very, it's done in like the very seventies style comedy where she's like putting things in front of her stomach. So you can't tell, but uh, eventually she does get to the point where she can't, you know, she really can't hide it anymore. Um, And her neighbor is actually the one that helps her deliver the first baby because there is two um it is bothering me that i can't find her name though did you find it no yeah it says (laughs) it it says monica Monica. i just okay i i could have swore her name was different in the in the second episode Mm -hmm. so i'm uh yeah it looks like it's monica i guess i'm just slightly going crazy i guess that's what (laughs) this uh this tv series is doing to me but (laughs) uh it's yeah so go continue then. So um, she does have the first kid. Um, Monica helps her, you know, deliver that. She does have another one later when Vision comes back. But, uh, you know, there is the little bit with the uh, when she's about to give birth, the stork that's kind of wandering around that she's trying to get rid of, which if I'm, you know, we talked about last week, my theory with the uh, the demon from the Marvel comics. Um I think that's what that is. Um, if we're going to go like I could go super down a rabbit hole, but I think he has been in all three episodes. We just haven't realized it. Like for me, I think that he is the stork. If you go into the comics, he's obsessed with, um, you know, getting twins from Wanda and, you know, Wanda does end up having twins here, but he's kind of, in my opinion, wandering around as the stork. I think he was wandering around as the rabbit in the second episode. And in the first episode, I think he was the uh, the lobster that's kind of hanging around a bit. Um, but, you know, I, if it's hard to tell because, you know, these Marvel movies and now shows, like they like to take existing source material, but also change it a little bit. So they could be going somewhere completely different. But it's very obvious that, something's up something's wrong and also you have the you know the little bit of conversation between her and monica where it goes real wrong when you know monica brings up her brother um who died in uh, age of ultron correct yep yep and then you know once that happens wanda kind of snaps and actually ends up throwing one or uh, monica completely out of her world that she's created which i thought was really cool um, yeah, and they kind of allude to Monica's character kind of being a a complete like a wall agent apparently mm-hmm. because Agnes and the neighbor um when Vision's outside they're all like yeah like Monica went into your house is everything all right cuz they're I guess worried right. that they're going to set off Wanda somehow. Yep. So they're all involved and they're all trying to not say anything to Vision, right? Because Vision has almost figured it out twice now. And both times Wanda's kind of shut him down, right? The, this one I thought was cool because it made it seem like your stream froze. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. Which I thought it did for a second. But um, obviously he's starting to figure it out. Um, it, it's reminding me a lot of um, 
one of my favorite movies is the Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Yeah, um, that's and, yeah. It, and it reminds me a lot of the Truman Show where he's slowly starting to figure out that the world he lives in is fake. Um, so it it's it's going like the first two episodes were interesting because you had these little hints. But I feel like with this one, it's just like full on chaos now. It really feels like it like everything's going wrong all at once. Yeah, the the episodes keep me interested, and mm-hmm. you know, again, I just can't wait to I can't wait to see the next episode. Yeah, the the mystery about it all, and I really hope that you end up being right with your prediction <laughs> about it being the demon. Yeah, because every time you tell me like, oh, the demon wanted twins and is doing yeah. this, and that's yeah. what this, you know, what he did in the comics. I just hope you got it right. I hope that you're. I right. hope so. Um, I've I, you know, I, like I said, I always end up looking up stuff after the episodes and going down rabbit holes, and it seems like there's quite a few people who are leaning the same way with uh mephisto the demon here but like i just want to i just think it'd be funny if i would have called it but it's seen it's more starting to see more and more like that's where they're going with this and i know they have mentioned the possibility of dr strange showing up in one of these episodes and he has a strong tie to mephisto as well so this could be interesting yeah and like with that, that's going to be kind of our our, day, our weekly one division talk and <laughs> yeah. for the episode four as well. Like you really should be watching this. It is yeah. such a such an interesting st- series so far. Something completely different. It's pretty cool. Yeah, and just with the other small tidbit of news, HBO Max is going to be producing a Harry Potter series, and it's yeah. apparently in development. Nobody knows who's cast, what's what's you know being done with the series, but uh, I feel like. I should mention Harry Potter and HBO Max because it is Harry Potter is such a huge yeah. fan favorite franchise that hopefully whatever they decide to do is is good. You know, it not everything's going to be Game of Thrones, HBO. Right. So they're looking to maybe have that type of uh, hype behind every episode with a well-established franchise like the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, it does seem like when I was reading it that it's like super early, like they're talking to writers. So like they're super early. So this could be a couple years off. But I think it's a smart move. Like there's enough that you can go off of with, you know, the source material, the books that doesn't have to involve Harry Potter, that you could have a pretty cool fantasy based TV show. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Uh, the The other thing I watched was a movie called Promising Young Woman. Um, very interesting movie, I guess I could say different. Um, I, it's gotten a lot of great reviews. So I watched a trailer for it a long time ago and I wasn't super interested, but since everybody seems to be really like it, I checked it out. Uh, it does revolve around without giving too much away, uh, a woman who was in college and there's, you know, some issues with, um, her fellow classmates and like a rape that happens and that kind of stuff. Um, but she basically is getting revenge on all her former classmates. At the very beginning of the movie, you see that she goes to she goes to bars and clubs and pretends to be drunk and waits for, you know, a man to take her home and try to take advantage of her. Um, and it she doesn't really do anything to them. But like, you know, she has like a book that she marks down how many times she's done this. And it's a lot. Um, but she does do things to her former classmates and people who are involved with this and like it's best to just experience this i won't give specific details but it's a very uh twisted and crazy movie um so if that at all interests you it's definitely a an out there not out there but like you have to be in the mood i guess to watch something like this it's very dark so um i enjoyed it i thought it was very well done I don't know that I can like 100% recommend to everybody like, yeah, you should definitely go watch this. Go watch this with your family. Don't do that. (laughs) Don't don't do that at all. Um, But if you're looking for something different, it's not a bad choice. So I'll give it a a solid like mid thumbs up. (laughs) Yeah. I I was listening to podcasts where a lot of people were talking about this, uh, the movie. Mm -hmm. And it seemed like the premise was pretty cool. I just know that it's not – it's not a movie you're watching with family no. <laughs> and it's a movie that you probably have to be in a, in a mood or in a certain, oh, yeah. you know, you have to be prepared to watch it. It's not mm-hmm. something you guys are flipping on, on a Saturday night going, Oh, Hey, what do we watch? Oh, let's watch yeah. this. Yeah, no, not at all. 
but hey, I think it's very well done. So if it interests you at all, definitely check it out. Yeah. And with that, we're at the end of the podcast here. So first off, thank you for listening and make sure if you like the podcast to continue listening and share it with friends. If you're interested in getting involved in our community at all, we have a Twitch channel, which I know I didn't stream this week, but I had uh, I had company over my place. So I will be streaming. It's not dead. <laughs> make that clear. We're not dead yet. Not I will yet. Be streaming. <laughs> I will be streaming eventually again. And then we have the Twitter a Facebook and an Instagram and a website, high sensitivity gaming.com. And Craig went ahead and put up his super long piece about uh, his game of the year. It's super interesting read. Like if, if you're at all, maybe trying to get in, trying to get into the gaming, like journalism or gaming opinions, excuse me, or something like that. Uh, this is probably a, a good way to maybe start. This is how you might want to start analyzing the games you play. And I think it's useful for anybody that's maybe trying to post articles about this stuff, because as far as I can tell with a lot of like gaming uh, places, like uh, they, they post their games of the year, but they don't go, always go super in depth as to why. So I think, I think we did something unique here and I'm really proud of what both Craig and I yeah, created. So absolutely. if you're interested, check it out. Yeah. It's cool to be able to give them, more time in the spotlight for why we enjoyed them so much. Yeah. And now it's on the internet forever. So now we're, <laughs> we're, known, we're known for that. <laughs> so again, thank you guys for listening. I hope that the winter weather or the nice weather, wherever you are, isn't bringing you down. And hopefully the podcast helps you get through whatever drive or work that you're going through right now. And with that, we'll see you next week. See you later.